Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim, and every week I will bring you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. Happy Black History Month! Yes, we'll be spending the next month talking about some of the very best black TV shows and cartoons. And we're kicking off in style as we look back at some classic comedy sketch shows. We're talking In Living Colour, The Real McCoy and Chappelle's Show. Three very memorable sketch shows that brought us some of the most iconic names in all of entertainment. So, let's get started. And uh, joining me as ever, it's producer Paul. Hey man, how's it going? Yeah, I'm alright, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good. Did you watch boxing last night? I did watch the boxing. It was good, wasn't it? Oh, wow. I mean, Joshua took a hammer in. <laughs> I know. It was, a, it was from, like, start to finish, really. Yeah, apparently some people had, um, the scorecards had Joshua up uh, round eight or something like that. I've never, I'd never had him up. I had it tied. I had it, um, so I had him winning possibly the sixth and seventh, seventh round, maybe. four rounds. And I only had him winning two. I had eight four, so but you know what? I gave I gave the I gave round twelve ten eight to Usyk. That was yeah, a ten eight round for me. Yeah, because he got battering, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I, 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 that's that. That was ten eight for me. So in the end, I think it was one sixteen one eleven for me for Usyk. I think I think I think I did that, but but I think the first yeah I had the first three Usyk, then the next three I had Joshua. Then the next one was Usyk. Then the next one Joshua, and then from that point on, Usyk won it for me. I had, I think, I had at least the first five rounds Usyk. Then Joshua like one, and then Usyk the rest. I think well, like one or two. You, all of you who were giving me stick online about the the, the 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 scorecard, Roy Jones Jr. was agreeing with me. So I'm gonna listen to Roy Jones Jr. more than you internet geeks all right i think it's there's a lot of people you know just like we're scoring joshua up when he just what like you, you my brother was saying like you gotta oh, remember though match room eddie hearn yeah i mean this is true you know some of those scorecards are dodge no they but that's the thing my, my brother was like saying you know like oh did you see the way he blocked that punch of his head you know <laughs> you know they, it's it's strange you know but uh yeah I think it was as, as as clear as 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 day that Usyk won that fight and won it pretty damn convincingly. I mean, if I was Usyk, and because obviously it's a rematch clause, right? I mean, you look at the well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Joshua will invoke the rematch clause. No, of course, but, but what I'm saying is, Usyk's probably not even worried about that. I don't know. Look, I think I think Joshua looked a lot slimmer than than before. I think he needs to. Stop worrying about people telling him to be a boxer. I just be the big brute guy that you are, man. Just, just, just bully. You need to be bullying fools in that ring. Don't, don't try and trade and 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 box like Usyk is surgical with it. He's a skilled technician. Forget the whole southpaw stuff. Southpaw is southpaw. It is what it is. It, it's awkward. It's weird. If you're if you're if you're a left-handed boxer, then yeah, you're just whatever. But it's one of those things where you just need to do what got you to the top in the first place. Just be that big guy with the big punches. Don't worry about people telling you, "Oh, you're not a boxer. You're not a natural boxer." I mean, yeah, I, he didn't look like a natural boxer <laughs> yesterday. He he well, looked he looked well out of sorts. I thought in the ring, he didn't look like yeah. 
He didn't like look like a world champion. But I think right? Usyk made him look that way. I think I think a lot of credit has to go to Usyk. He fought the perfect fight, and I think it kind of shut down the argument of of Joshua Fury. It, yeah, because the but thing to is, to be honest, even before that, I always thought Fury has Joshua. No, every day of the week, every day of the week. But the thing is, like, I, I, I text my brother at some point in the in the match, and I was like, Joshua would be on the bus home by now if that was Fury and uh, Fury and Joshua. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it's it's one of those things where he can come back, I guess. But then that, the thing is, that I think the reason why he got back his titles with Andrew Ruiz because Andrew Ruiz just completely fell off. Yeah, he did. He didn't. He didn't train, right? He missed training. Celebrating, he... yeah, celebrating. Like, I mean, I, I don't blame him. You were heavyweight champion for all of five minutes. I would probably done the same thing. Damn. <laughs> yeah, probably not going to get this back. So let's just have a blow. I don't. I don't blame him for 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 enjoying life, but. Yeah, Usyk doesn't strike me as someone who's going to do that. Man, even Tony Bellew gave Usyk more of a fight than Joshua did. Yeah, not a, not a great start for Black History Month uh, with uh, Anthony Joshua losing all of the belts. So, yeah, but as, as we said in the intro and for obviously new listeners, October in the UK is Black History Month. So unlike America, we have 31 days of Black History. Yeah, we give it the longest, the longest time you could possibly have yeah then... whereas y'all just have it in february where if you're lucky you'll have 29 days so yeah so it's black history months yeah so for the next month we'll be looking and talking about some really really cool black tv shows cartoons all of those things in between and making some discoveries and celebrating some some old classics as well so it's going to be all of those things i was going to ask have you had any trouble getting petrol this week I haven't needed it, thank goodness. But it's been there's been monumental queues for petrol stations. I mean, I don't I I don't know if there's any fuel left around here. I might need to get some next week. But well, I I got some the other day. There was there was a little queue, but it wasn't like major. I managed to go into the queue, get some petrol, and, and did leave. they so jack up the prices or is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. They did. Apparently, there's some places you are charging it for like one pound forty one. But the thing is, but that's stupid because like they're saying there's no fuel shortage, like none at all. But it's just a drive. I mean, even the drivers have come today, right? Well, apparently there's like there's shortage of drivers though. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But the drivers today, I think the drivers got their visas to come back from the EU. So thank you for the people that voted Brexit. Thank you for all of this nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get me started on those idiots. I swear down. Unless I even that includes people that I know who vote for Brexit. Like seriously. Honestly, yeah. But yeah, I, I did I did manage to get some fuel. There's a BP that's literally around the corner from where I live and the queues there were ridiculous. Got got caught up in that traffic. I think there was like it was gridlock yesterday as well around that around that kind of BP area. Yeah, so that's what I'm worried about more than the actual fuel bit. I'm worried about getting caught in traffic because people are waiting for the fuel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's literally what it was. You're standing there because you're like because like there's queues backing up, and yeah. you can't like get out of the lane. Yeah, so I'm I'm due to drive into London today, and I'm not looking forward to that. Bad times, right? So we're gonna kick off this Black History Month with In Living Color. So this show came out in April 1990, and some of the things happening in the world, the Community Charge. Or the poll tax 
takes effect in England and Wales amid widespread protest. Lothar de Mazieri becomes Prime Minister of East Germany, heading a conservative coalition that favours German reunification. Comet Austin, the brightest comet visible from Earth since 1975, makes its closest approach to the sun. Ernest Goes to Jail was in the cinemas. And A Dream's a Dream by Soul to Soul was in the charts. We've got to to kick off Black History Month with with the classic group Soul to Soul, who who are a British soul group. They're probably you. You probably might know their biggest hit, which was "Back to Life." Oh yeah, Back yeah, definitely know that reality. one. Reality, yes, Soul to Soul. What a what a, what a great group they were. I think they made it big in America with that song. Really? But I think yeah, yeah, they, that, that 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 song like blew up crazy. Like Soul to Soul deserved their flowers and then some. They are a great, great British soul group. In Living Color now. So this was a American sketch comedy series that Keenan Ivory Wyans created, wrote, and starred in. And it was produced by Ivory Way Productions in association with 20th Television Fox. And following Keenan Ivory Wyans' success with Hollywood Shuffle and I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, Fox Broadcasting Company approached Wyans to offer him his own show. Wyans wanted to produce a variety show similar to Saturday Night Live, but with a cast of people of colour that took chances with this content. Fox gave Wyans a lot of freedom with the show, although Fox execs were a bit concerned about the show's content prior to its television debut. The title of the series was inspired by the NBC announcement of broadcast being presented in living colour during the 1960s prior to mainstream colour television. It also refers to the fact that most of the show's cast was black. And unlike other sketch comedy shows such as Saturday Night Live, whose cast were mostly white at the time. It was controversial due to the Wyatt's decision to portray black humour from a raw and uncut perspective in a time when mainstream American tastes regarding black comedy had been set by shows such as The Cosby Show, causing an eventual feud for control between Fox execs and the Wyans. Other members of the Wyans family, so Damon, Kim, Sean, and Marlon, had regular roles, while brother Dwayne frequently appeared as an extra. The show also starred several previously unknown comedians and actors, including Jamie Foxx, Jim Carrey, Tommy Davidson, David Alan Greer, and Tikaya Crystal Kemia. The show introduced Jennifer Lopez and Carrie-Anne Inaba as members of In Living Colors dance troupe The Fly Girls, with actress Rosie Perez serving as choreographer. The show was immensely popular in its first two seasons, capturing more than a 10-point Nielsen rating. In the third and fourth seasons, ratings faltered as the Wyans brothers fell out with the Fox Network's leadership over creative control and rights. The sketch comedy show helped launch the careers of Jim Carrey, then credited as James Carrey, only one of two white members of the original cast, Jamie Foxx, who joined in the third season, and David Alan Greer, who was the police officer in Jumanji. The first episode was actually watched by 22.7 million people when it first made its debut. And in announcing it, Fox described In Living Colour as a contemporary comedy variety show. And in its preview, the Christian Science Monitor warned that its raw tone may offend some but it doesn't allow a talented troupe to experiment with black themes in a Saturday Night Live-ish format. 
Keenan Ivory Wyans actually said, and I quote, I wanted to do a show that reflects different points of view. We've added an Asian and a Hispanic minority to the show. We're trying in some way to represent all the voices. Minority talent is not in the system and you have to go outside. We found Crystal doing her act in the lobby of a theater in Chicago. We went beyond the comedy stores and improvs, which are not a showcase place for minorities. And the Miami Herald said that the show was as smart and saucy as it is self-aware and audacious in the frequently tasteless but terrific fun. The Philadelphia Inquirer called it the fastest, funniest half hour in a long time. The Seattle Times said that it had the freewheeling, pointed sense of humor that connects with a large slice of today's audience. The Columbus Dispatch described it as a marvelously inventive show that has cap- that catapulted television back to the cutting edge. So prominent skits of the shows included the Homeboy Shopping Network, featuring Damon and Keenan as streetwise criminals operating an unlicensed home shopping network style shopping network out of the back of their van to sell stolen goods. Fire Marshal Bill, featuring Jim Carrey as an unhinged, dangerously incompetent fire marshal. Men on Film, featuring Damon and Greer as effeminate black film critics with exaggerated physical motions, such as Two Snaps Up. Homie D. Clown, featuring Damon as a misanthropic, verbally abusive clown doing demeaning entertainment gigs for low pay as part of his prison release program. East Hollywood Squares, featuring many of the cast in a ghetto parody of the game show Hollywood Squares. Benita Batrell, featuring Kim Wyans as an untrustworthy neighborhood gossip. Parodies of Arsenio Hall, who was the popular talk show host, and it was done by Keenan Wyans. You know who Arsenio Hall is, right? No. Well, I probably do if you look at me like that, but <laughs> but maybe not by name. The other black guy in Coming to America that's not Eddie Murphy. Oh, I haven't seen Coming to America. I've, I know of it, what? but I haven't seen it. I, I've seen. I know. I've I've seen bits of the film, but not. I've never sat down and watched the whole of Coming to America. Wow, it's not a good start for Black History Month. I've watched Doctor Doolittle. Yeah, yeah, Doctor Doolittle. It's got nothing to do with Eddie Murphy. This was this was an Arsenio Hall reference. Wow. Okay. Yeah, not a good start. Calhoun Tubbs, a blues singer who sang extremely short songs at the slightest provocation. Keenan Ivory Wyans stopped appearing in sketches in 1992 after the end of the third season over disputes with Fox about the network censoring the show's content and rerunning early episodes without his consultation. Wyans feared that Fox would ultimately decrease the syndication value of In Living Colour. Damon went on to pursue a movie career around the same time, though he made occasional return appearances in the fourth season. And during the fourth season, Keenan Ivory Wyans appeared only in the season opener, though he remained the exec producer and thus stayed in the opening credits until the 13th episode. Marlon left shortly after Keenan resigned as producer, and Sean and Kim both left at the end of the fourth season. There was plans to make a revival of the original series that featured a new cast, characters, and sketches. The pilot episodes were hosted and exec produced by original series creator and cast member Keenan Ivory Wyans. In early 2012, Tabitha and Napoleon Duomo were hired as the choreographers. They cast a new lineup of the Fly Girls and shot pilot episodes for the show, which were set to air on Fox like the original. However, in 2013, 
Keenan Ivory Wines confirmed the reboot had been cancelled because he and Fox did not feel that the show was sustainable after one season. And probably most recently, Bruno Mars did a tribute to In Living Colour for the video of Finesse featuring Cardi B. But no, it's, it's, it, it, was, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't necessarily the song, but it was the video that they did. It was all done in the style of uh, In Living Colour with the studio and with the Fly Girls and the, the colour coordination and, 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 and all of those things. I can see it. Yeah, it's, 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 it, it was a very uh, well done uh, video. So, uh, and a good song as well. It's, it's, a great, it's a great little song. So, uh, right, In Living Colour. Well, all sketch shows this week, right? And like sketch shows are, are definitely one of my favourites. I think today, in general, I think we've started out strong in um, in Black History Month, and this is definitely something I wasn't even aware of. But there were some things that just had me howling in this show. What did oh, what, what did you say it was called? The um, great moments in Black History. The first in the first episode, I was gone. The uh, home the homeboy shopping network again gone. There's some bits I didn't like. I didn't. I did not like Men on Film. Or whatever it's called, didn't like it. Hated it. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I obviously I was surprised to see like because this this must have like kicks. As you said, it kick started a lot of people's careers. And I was like, you know, this is like an all. If you if you looked at it now, this is kind of like an all star cast, a bit like the Pulp Fiction, like kind of back in its day. But yeah, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed the show. Maybe like one or two things I wasn't like not fussed about, but yeah, it was it was a really really good show. I think we started strong this month. Mm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I've heard of In Living Color and 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 knew. I think a lot of a lot of people came from the show. I th- think I, I I read recently that Jim Carrey was on it. I didn't I didn't know for the longest time that he 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 started off here on uh, on In Living Color. I would have imagined he would have been on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, the thing is, I I had to kind of look really closely because obviously the it's you know back in the day, so it's not the best quality of film or tape whatever they used and and i was like i literally had to say to my wife i was like is that jim carrey um so yeah it's very very like clear and obvious that it was jim carrey wasn't but but the thing is because i had no idea he was on it right i I was a bit like it looks like him it sounds like him is it is it definitely him and obviously yeah it was yeah i mean obviously jim yeah jim carrey's like one of the biggest uh comedy guys in the world Yeah, yeah and i think he stayed until the end of uh in living color i'm I'm sure we've done our top three jim carrey films but they keep changing all the time for me in my head so well, dumb and dumber is always at the top for me so dumb and dumber liar liar and there'll be there'll be another one but um me myself and irene oh yeah 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 definitely definitely that's definitely my truman show truman show's good um, but it's definitely the cable guy I haven't seen if the cable guy ain't in your jim carrey list dude if you've not seen the cable guy Come on, if the cable guy ain't in your top Jim Carrey films, go back and watch that film and do your list again. The cable guy is Jim Carrey at his peak. I know that Hector Salamanca's in the cable guy, isn't he? Oh, was it S- no, it might be Ace Ventura actually. One of the two. I wasn't crazy about Ace- I wasn't crazy about the mask in Ace Ventura. It was a bit too wacky for me. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. Too, it's too slapstick. But, but I think, yeah, Cable Guy, Truman Show, Me, Myself and Irene, Liar Liar, Dumb and Dumber, yeah, maybe. Yeah. No, honestly, if you don't think, if you if you go, mm, yeah, about Dumb and Dumber, seen, watch it again. I, I've seen Dumb and Dumber enough times. Dumb and Dumber, I, 
The second one is not good. I'm just going to put it out there. The second one is not good. Don't even bother watching it. You'll be disappointed. But the first one is just gold. Yeah, I mean, gold. I, I, I like Dumb and Dumber, but I think, I think, I think Jim Carrey's been in better films. I think, I think there are better Jim Carrey starred films. So, like, like I said, The Cable Guy is genius. I think Truman's Show as well was outstanding. I think, I think that was like really showing off his range so uh, yeah it's one of those things and um obviously um david alan greer was like i said he was the police officer in jumanji the 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 police officer that keeps trying to stop alan from playing the game and, and yeah i haven't seen jumanji never you've never seen jumanji how how have you never seen jumanji i don't get it it comes on tv every other sunday well it's like a christmas one isn't it Right. It doesn't matter. It comes on literally all the time. Have you never seen Jumanji? That's like the one Robin Williams films that is played to death. I don't know, but I like there's way better Robin Williams films as well. So, of course, but like Jumanji is the one that is played to death, and I think Jumanji is a really nice Sunday afternoon film. It's probably like one of the really good Sunday afternoon films. You never see Jumanji? That's insane. What what other what other major films have you not seen? I don't know, I've seen a few. <laughs> Just... <laughs> I can't wait for the next one. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, Jamie Foxx as well was another big uh, contributor to uh, to the show, and I think he's kind of done just about everything in uh, entertainment. So he's had a foray in music. He's done films, TV shows. Um, Jennifer Lopez was a fly girl, which I didn't know. Um, Rosie Perez as well. She's another big uh, big actress. Have you have you seen White Men Can't Jump? Nope. Of course you haven't seen that film. But um, who else? Um, there's so many. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, obviously, yeah, the Wyans. Can't get enough of the Wyans. Each and every one of them, and 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 obviously they went on to do. But you weren't a fan of my wife and kids, right? Not that I'm not a fan, but I don't think it's as good as what people said it was. Actually, you know, like my wife and kids, I can sit down and watch my wife and kids. Like if it's on, if it's on TV and it's on, I'll watch it, and I will sit down and I will laugh. But I think there are other sitcoms, other black sitcoms, that are like better than My Wife and Kids. But My Wife and Kids was probably one of the most accessible black sitcoms when I was growing up, for sure. Yeah, because it's it was accessible to you for a reason. It was set in Connecticut, and it was made How by many white black people? people. Live in Connecticut, huh? I mean, I've never been. <laughs> it was <laughs> set in Connecticut. I mean, if it was set in, like, I don't know, Detroit or Chicago or Atlanta, then yeah, okay. I can, I can, I'll vibe with it a little bit more, but it was set in what? Connecticut? Oh, yeah. But yeah, right. Let's, uh, let's talk about episodes that we, uh, watched. So, studio intro, this is kind of a common theme. So, like, kind of studio intro, this is where you see the Fly Girls and SW1DJ. Is that, was, was he? I didn't write the DJ's name. Um, I, I don't know if he was relevant, so I wrote his name down. Because obviously, you know what I'm like with this sort of music. It's just not my cup of tea, so I don't know anything about it. You don't say. So the first sketch was called Love Connection. And this was basically, I'm not sure if anyone's seen the UK show Blind Date, or if there was a US version of it. I assume there Probably was. Probably the Love Connection. Yeah. And and it was... <laughs> so basically, it was like the woman says she's not interested in the man's of a size wallet. Only. Rob, is it, oh, was that her name? Yeah, the, the name was Robin. Yeah, so Robin was not interested in the size of a man's wallet, only what's in it. 
so she went on a date with Mike Tyson and Mike Tyson was going was, was like saying how it went and she was like explaining the date she's like oh well I took it to a jewelry store and then they got like she got a ring and a diamond ruby collection and he uses one word all the time begins with e what does he ecstatic. say ecstatic yeah ecstatic ecstatic as ecstatic but i love jim carrey as the host and he's like so tell me how the day went yeah yeah and he's just like, hands in his face yeah. and like <laughs> <laughs> how can you be on set with Jim Carrey and not just burst out laughing. Yeah, I mean, he's a proper character. That's um, a sign of true professionalism in acting. If you can be on set with Jim Carrey and not burst out laughing every two seconds. Yeah, I mean, I'd be gone if I was on set. And then he says, I was I was really not ecstatic about this. <laughs> um, and then he went up to talk, to talk to a girl and then he put her tongue down her throat and then this guy said something and he beat him up. Um, and then he said, yeah, they've gone a second date. The next bit was great moments in black history. And this is where, so Slick John- Johnson was on the uh, moon landing, but they only had enough fuel to get three men back. So they said to go and look for somewhere to play volleyball. And then they just flew off. <laughs> 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 and then and then they deleted it from the records because it was embarrassing. The homeboy shopping network was Wiz and Iceman. And there's like a, uh, back of a lorry full of stuff and they're like car phones car stereo car alarm they said if you act now we could probably get you the car as well and the number is on, on, like the phone booth they're next to um and the jewelry like oh i'm going to keep that one and they call us saying that's my wife's ring if i find you i'm going to get you and then the tv so the tv goes oh it looks like one of those ones from the hotels and it's even got those little free bibles you get from the hotels uh, um to to prop the tv up with uh, that did make me laugh and then one of them was like an ATM machine they had. They said you could use your card or someone else's card. Uh, and then the police, oh, yeah, had the satellite dish with NASA written on it. And they said you can speak directly with the astronauts. Uh, and then the end of the show when the police come, then they had a dancing song in, interlude. Um, and then I've written Red Fo- oh, Red Fox 1990s tax tips. Number one, <laughs> number one, pay them. Uh, <laughs> number two. They... Do you remember where Red Fox was from? Yeah, I do, but I've forgotten it. Yeah, I even wrote at the bottom of my notes it's Sanford and Son. And he said the second tip was if if the IRS turn up, <laughs> lie. <laughs> um, and the wife comes in and says, well, obviously it's not his wife, and she says she saved him for the IRS. Now he's like, she he's her slave. Oh, and this one I thought was like, do you know, like you know, one of those ooh, that's a bit close to the mark kind of thing. This guy has like a gold card, and he goes into a shop and he starts spending money. And it's this is like a, like a crime watch thing, right? Equity Express. Yes, but it's it's done like in a crime watch style episode where they're interviewing like the the, the person that saved the day, right? They're interviewing this white woman, and she's saying, first of all, I saw him around the shop or something, and he had a gold card, but things didn't add up. So I got, I asked him for his, uh, so I got the, the store clerk to ask for his ID and his birth certificate and his blood type and his whatever. And he managed to produce all these documents. And she goes, I wasn't deterred by this, but by everything <laughs> lining up or something like that. And then she, uh, so basically she got him, she got him to be rooted on her phone because he's like thinking that apparently that's a federal offense. So, um, so he gets arrested and he goes, of course he's, of course he sued us. Of course he won. But, um, you know, they still done a good thing because they stopped this like black guy with this gold car because he didn't fit the bill. I thought, that, yeah, that was one of those like, yeah, this is fair enough. This is this is good. Then they did another dance interlude and then they did Men on Film, which I wasn't really 
just camp guys talking about films. Karate Kid 3. Karate Kid 3. Oh, then I had a boxing break. And then, um, yeah, and then I just wrote, didn't like this bit. Hated it. And that's... So, so, yeah, and yeah, that was my episode that I watched. But, like, this is... It was really good. Really, really good. And, like I said, we're out there flying out the gates this week. Okay, so I went on to watch an episode from season two. And so there's, like, an outroar. Because I think this was happened at the time so this was um the state of arizona they didn't want to have martin luther king day celebrated in arizona and there was like a big uproar and i think the super bowl was being held there in one year and they were and they were like threatening to take away the super bowl from 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 arizona and so they have like these two like black guys called tom and tom and they're the brothers brothers and they're just basically these like two black guys and they're like obviously for want of a better word they're like coons and they're defending my not having martin luther king day and they're like oh oh we're, we're we're just two regular folk in arizona and when we were stopped today by the police they were very very generous with us and one of them was was hugging me too tight around my neck <laughs> and, then, and and he goes i knew that he 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 didn't he didn't mean to hurt me and that it, it was all love and he was saying there was nothing wrong with Arizona. Come to Arizona. It's a great, it's a great place. Then there was uh Jim Carrey in uh not 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 blackface, but like Arab face. And he was obviously tanned very, very much, and he's and he's Johnny Abdul. And Johnny Abdul is like a, a famous rock star in the Middle East, and he's got hit singles like Iraq around the clock. And uh yeah, other 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 puns relating to the Middle East, and uh, yeah, he, it was all of that. Then there's a white couple, and they're looking for a kid to adopt. There's a 35 year old guy called George, and he's trying to get adopted. He's drooling like a baby, and obviously he's like, "Adopt me, adopt me, adopt me." And they're like, "Yeah, just you need to get out of the way, George. You're old. Nobody wants to adopt you." And then I love the the white couple just grabbing a baby, going. Yeah, we don't really want to be here. So they just grab one baby and go, hey, you want to come with us? Right. Come on, kid. Let's go. Then there was head detective. So there's this, like, guy who gets into an accident. And the police wants his partner to be fixed. And so he becomes head detective. And he's, like, this just guy with a head. And he's just, like, throwing his head to, like, catch the criminals. So he just gets a big head i think it's i think it's something similar to like if you ever watched scrubs and jd's fantasy of like head doctor like head and body doctor so like he wants to like separate himself and like be at two places at once but yeah anyway that's a story for another day then i went to uh, season four and there was an amazing impression of jackie harry from uh, 227 and uh, we, we did 227, I think, last year or maybe earlier this year. And basically, she's doing the whole, like, oh, I'm Jackie, I'm of 227, and done the whole, like, pouting or whatever. And she has to basically save the day because there's, like, a hijacking going on, and she's on the plane. And she's just, like, being, like, pretending to be, like, Jackie from 227 with the whole mannerism and the voices and the impression. I thought it was fantastic. And she ends up, like, just apprehending the hijackers yeah she's known as passenger 227 and then they're interviewing bill clinton's lead advisor mr kellerman and you got jim carrey acting up in the background which again 
I think I think in this one, one the guy almost broke character. So you just basically got Jim Carrey like walking behind the camera. He's doing all these funny faces. He's just basically yeah acting the fool in front of the camera. Very very funny. Then there's a dysfunctional home show, and there's a wedding, and you got Jamie Fox who wants to know why his baby is white. I like how all the white men run away from the uh, the altar. He's basically getting married, and he's like, "Oh, there's my baby," and it's like, "Why is my baby white?" And it's like all the white men are like looking awkwardly, going, "Oh," and they just like run. Then there was a an En Vogue skit, and uh, they're tired of singing and touring, so this was actually En Vogue in um, on the actual show. I won't bother asking you if you know who En Vogue are, even though we have covered them before on yesterday's capers. And yeah, so you got Jamie Foxx in a dress and he wants to like be in the group again and he's called Wanda. He's singing and they're just like, yeah, basically, Wanda, we don't want you in the group anymore. Like, get out sort of thing. And then in the end, you had Boys to Wimps. It was meant to be Boys to Men. And uh, they were singing basically the end of the road. And it was basically like how the end of the road song is like, oh, we've come to the end of the road. But this time it's like, oh, why did you cheat on me? I'll, you know, like, obviously they're wimps. They're like, oh, you cheated on me, but I still love you. And I want to take you back. And the finale. I'm sure I came across at Arsenio Hall. Um, someone doing like an Arsenio Hall impression. And it was absolutely hilarious. How like Arsenio Hall was like this, you know, bombastic TV guest show host. Where he's just basically like doing his whole contro- controversies and, 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 and whatnot. But yeah, right, the finale. So Boxer Champ wants to go back to school. He hears the school bell and he wants to fight. And obviously teacher's like, sit down, you idiot. I heard the bell. It's time to go. Like, seconds out. Round. And, and he's ready to fight. He's doing the Declaration of Independence, but he actually reads the boxing rules. So he's like, oh, you touch gloves. Proxers must protect themselves at all times. You know, you have to go by the rest of all. Yeah, he's doing basically all of that. And they're trying to dissect a frog. And the boxer's like trying to do it. And he's and he, instead of like dissecting it, he's like punching the frog. <laughs> and then the teacher's like just ends up KOing him. And then there's the prison cable network. And it was the Lights Out show with the Angel Band and Shirley Magic. Two guys are trying to control the queue. And it's the salt and pepper signing. And they're basically turning everyone away. They're like, oh, I'm the DJ. Nope, you're not going in. I'm the record label. I'm I'm from the record label. Nope, nope, nope. They're not letting anybody in. And then they even turn away the person who owns the store. They're like, I own the store. They're like, nope, turn around. And then salt and pepper are here. And they still give them a hard time. They're like, who are you? And they're like, where's salt and pepper? They're like, you got to let us in. And then they're like, okay, fine. We'll, we'll, we'll let you in. Salt and Pepper. You have to know who Salt and Pepper are. I've definitely heard of Salt and Pepper. But better, but but Yeah. So that was uh, in Living Color. Great show. I don't know what else to say about it. It's a great show. Everyone should watch it. Yes, they should. I watched that Fireman Bill one whilst you were whilst you were talking earlier, and I was like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes, yeah. Jim, 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 Jim Carrey was hilarious in this, and uh, yeah, In Living Color was was one of the one of the great comedy sketch shows, and uh, yeah, good stuff. 
Next up, The Real McCoy. And this show came out in May 1991 and some of the things happening in the world. Queen Elizabeth II becomes the first British monarch to address the US Congress during a 13-day royal visit in Washington, D.C. Somaliland secedes from Somalia. Its independence is not recognised, however, by the international community. I've been there. Did you like it? I loved it. I got sick, but I loved it. Good stuff, good stuff. Shout out to Somaliland. Edith Cresson becomes the first female Prime Minister of France. Backdraft was in the cinemas. And Gypsy Woman, She's Homeless by Crystal Waters was in the charts. The Real McCoy now. So this was a BBC TV sketch comedy show featuring an array of black and Asian comedy stars and featured many, many guest appearances. The producer of the first two series, Charlie Hansen, was the co-founder of the Black Theatre Co-op, now called Nitro Beat, and had produced No Problem, and the Desmonds before creating The Real McCoy. He was working with a double act named Curtis and Ishmael, Curtis Walker and Ishmael Thomas, at the 291 Club at the Hackney Empire and suggested making a TV version. However, the BBC opted for a totally new sketch series, launching The Real McCoy. Luella Gideon and Colette Johnson, who were also in a double act named Short, Sharp and Shucking, made up the main initial quartet of writer performers. And Soul to Soul frontman Jazzy B co-wrote the title theme. Although mainly a sketch comedy show, the dance troupe Dance Series also performed short routines throughout the first series, with longer routines to entire songs in season two. In series three, the dance sections were replaced with studio performances from different musical acts each week, including The Real Thing, Ruby Turner and Junior, Mika Paris and Maccabee. From series four, the music acts were replaced with stand-up routines and guests such as Junior Simpson, Toju, John Simmet and Angie Lamar. In series five, Richard Blackwood and Rudy Lickwood and Ian Edwards were among the stand-up guests. The show was very successful, quickly becoming a cult hit and reaching an audience of 5 million. Its popularity attracted many famous guests and John Virgo made a cameo in a snooker-themed sketch. And from series three, a recurring sketch was an EastEnders proof, spoof called The Rub-A-Dub, in which celebrities Linford Christie, Andy Peters, Colin McMillan, Mika Paris, Tessa Sanderson, Norman Beaton appeared as themselves. And they had other guests like Frank Bruno, Saracen from the Gladiators, Ian Wright, Carmen Monroe, Omar and Lennox Lewis, and also John Barnes, Saeed Jeffrey, Lisa Ianson, Jazzy B, Maxi Priest and Judy Simpson appeared. And following the show's success, Felix Dexter was given his own pilot sketch show, Felix Dexter on TV, as part of the Comic Asides series of pilots which was produced on BBC Two in 1995. Dexter also wrote and starred in the sitcom pilot Douglas broadcast in 1996, based around his lawyer character from The Real McCoy. Neither pilot was picked up for a full series, however, and Douglas was repeated in March 2021 under the name Felix Dexter in as part of BBC's Festival of Funny. Mira Sayal and Kulvinda Gear went on to co-create Goodness Gracious Me, 
for BBC Radio 4 in 1996 before adapting it for TV in 1998. Also in 1996, a 15-minute pilot was shot for The Rubber Dub, which had been an ongoing Black EastEnders spoof in the series, later becoming The Rubber Dub in Space, with only some original cast members reprising their roles and with various character and setting changes. The pilot was never broadcast and not picked up for a series. Robin Lee and Joe Martin went on to star in BBC One sitcom The Crouches in 2003, and it ran for two series. And Robbie Gee went on to appear in The Soap as Dexter in 2009. And stand-up guest Richard Blackwood also appeared in EastEnders after appearing in the EastEnders booth. And Richard Blackwood was Vincent Hubbard. Mira Sayal and Joe Martin also appeared in BBC drama Back to Life. Walker, Thomas and Gideon and Johnson were given top billing in the opening credits of the first series. Walker and Thomas were billed under their double act name Curtis and Ishmael. And from series two, a new animated title sequence was used with a new theme by Overlord X. Series three saw some big changes to the lineup. Walker, Thomas and Johnson did not return. Mira Sayal was then promoted to regular. And newcomer Eddie Nestor who I actually know very, very well because I appeared on live radio with him and he really? called me Mo. What, why? Because he thought my name was Mohammed, <laughs> not Abdullah. <laughs> oh, classic. Oh, yeah, because he was doing like a, he was, he was doing a, a speech somewhere. And so he was doing a speech and he was naming all the people and I was waiting for my name. And then he was like, Mo. I'm turning around thinking, who the hell is Mo? And obviously, everyone's all looking at me going, is that meant to be you? And I'm thinking, yeah, that is meant to be me. And because what, what we used to do is, because I used to work for the community channel, it's actually going to be 10 years, my 10-year anniversary of when I started on community channels coming up. And every Friday, we used to have a slot on the Eddie Nesta radio show. What was it called? The Rum Shop. I think it was called The Rum Shop. And we would have a slot there every Friday and one of us would all, we'd go on live radio on Friday and we'd obviously promote our show. We'd talk about our show. Blah, blah, blah. And there was one time where we had to do like a live like radio debate. And I think, yeah, we, we were doing the, the announcements or whatever. I got a phone call from my mum and literally I think it was um, two people with me. And one of them, she was looking at me like, why the hell is your phone going off? And I'm like, it is on vibrate. And I'm just like, just turn it off, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. And once it was like a musical interlude, God, I remember that night. So he played, he played Summer Breeze by the Isley Bros. And I used that opportunity to like text my mom going, I'm on radio. Stop calling me. And I think my mom was like, okay, my bad, I won't, I won't call. And yeah, and then he called me. And, like, and, I, and I remember God made up, I'm not Mo, by the way. My name is Abdullah. Not Mo or Mohammed and oh god yeah Eddie Nesta. Shout out to Eddie Nesta. He was he was he was he was he was a he was a what they call a, a cool cat. So yeah, shout out to Eddie Nesta. It was good seeing him on this show, and he hasn't aged a day in twenty five odd years. He looks exactly the same. And right, let's talk about let's talk about the show, the real McCoy. I, I didn't know about the show. Didn't I? Never heard of it. 
it's another show that do you know what the first clip i even saw this thing i was in bits again this 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 was like this show is pure genius yeah i again i watched one episode and a few clips online and stuff like that because i feel like you know you can still get a feel for it but yeah it was really really good i don't know why I, I had no idea of its existence, though. I mean, it's you know, this is at a time when I don't really have control of the telly in, in the evenings. But you're yeah. a white guy, so I doubt y'all gonna be watching a, a black sketch show at like eight, nine o'clock. But it does go. What year did you say it came out? Ninety-one. So ninety-one, obviously, like I'm, you know, I'm what like a couple of years old, so I'm definitely not watching the telly. But you know. But to to show that I'm you know I'm now you know in my thirties and I haven't I haven't even heard of it. It just goes to show that you know there's like there's not enough. We don't know enough about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it ran for a, a, a few years, and I I had heard of the Royal McCoy. Yeah. Even growing up, I I used to see it on 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 TV and and and, and everything. I'm so annoyed that BBC took it down. There was like such a huge hurrah about them putting it on iPlayer, and then when I had to look, it's like it's gone. Why did they take it down? Who knows? But it's like, why would you put it up for like a short period of time and then take it down? I don't understand. They also took down that medical comedy one called um, Getting On. That's, that's, that was sad. I thought that was a brilliant show. I don't get why. I mean, what is it? I don't. Is it costing money? I don't understand. Well, clearly they're not spending the uh, license if fee on. It's a BBC on... show. Then I don't understand why they would take it down anyway. There's not going to be like any copyright issues or anything like that. I don't get it. They, they, made, they made like a big hurrah. Oh, look at us. We're putting up the Royal McCoy. Look at us. We, we're putting on a really diverse show and, and all those things where it's like after a while when, when nobody's noticing, they'll just take it down again. That's exactly what this this this, this, this looks like. I mean, I, obviously, I don't know what their motives are, but you know. But it's one of those things, yeah, like, I know, like, for, for you and, 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 and in your part of the world, I doubt you guys are going to go out of your way to look for shows like this. Because you said you never heard of the Desmonds either, did you? No, I hadn't. I was thinking when you said about that earlier, I was like, yeah, that's a cracking show. Again, but yeah. that's what I'm saying. These shows, this is why we have to do Black History Month. Because otherwise, what, where are we going to hear about these awesome shows? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, and where are we going to talk about these shows? Because obviously, yeah, I, I had heard of the Desmonds. I'd even seen it on TV and, and, and all of those things. And even um, the Real McCoy. Like, I, we, I saw the Real McCoy on, on, on TV. And I mentioned, goodness gracious me, we, we watched that. That was brilliant. Did that I had heard of, or have heard of, I mean. But I, I, I haven't seen it. Again, there's another show I haven't seen. Yeah, yeah we, we used to watch that every night when he's come on. It was so funny. Absolutely outstanding. It's got, yeah, Mira Sayal. Um, can't even remember their names. What's his name? He's her husband as well. He's in it. And yeah, it's 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 a fantastic, um, absolutely brilliant show. And uh, yeah, it was again very very diverse and 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 whatnot. So again, celebrating the the the, the, the brilliant and diverse nature of this country. So uh, yeah, those shows were those shows were so good. And uh, right, let's talk about uh, episodes we watched. The Real McCoys. Uh, so the first one I want to talk to you about is um, the, the first clip I watched online, actually. And um, so there's a guy. It's like an inter- you know, like a police interview situation, right? And he's like, I, I have to. I didn't write the notes down, but I have to kind of like try and remember. So he's being questioned by the police, <laughs> and uh, oh, sorry, he's being questioned by what you assume to be the police, right? And he's like, Where were you last Sunday? 
I know you're doing a little job down in Peckham. And he's like, I swear, I swear I weren't. He starts like crying and this and that and the other. And then anyway, long story short, in the end, he's like, okay, here's your gyro chicken. It was just a benefits officer, like trying to sweat him out to see that he, if he's working or not. Anyway, so I guess this was the first episode. So it starts off in the studio and like all of these shows starts off in the studio and the guy passes the phone to his, it's like I'm ringing in the audience, the guy passes the phone and he just, and she says, I'll be the other side to say, oh, can you just say welcome to Real McCoy in this scenario? Anyway, so roll titles and stuff like that. And it starts off a video dating and Mr. Fraser's on there and he's, he's there because his wife left him because he's not the most pretty guy to look at in the face and he, and he gave his wife some glasses and she left him as a result of it. So he's uh, seeking a new partner and the only stipulation is she's not allowed to have glasses. And then it has his shower thing and a wash and go advert kind of thing. And it's a bald lady, so she doesn't have to do her hair. And then there's another bit. The guy in a Malcolm X t-shirt is there. Then a, a guy comes next to him in a Malcolm Y t-shirt. And then um, Malcolm Z one. And then a guy comes out in a Malcolm Mudridge <laughs> shirt, which I had to Google because I didn't know the, the thing. But this guy's like a Labour MP journalist guy. So Sangeeta and this guy needs to ask, ask for prophylactics. And then she's like, uh, I need some cotton. And she's like, some cotton wool. And then, like, you know, she has to f- fill these things. And... I love this because this was so relatable because she was like, oh, he's like, oh, oh, hello, Mrs. Kuma. And it's like, oh, don't call me Miss Kuma. Better call me auntie. That's so, like, I, like, for us anyway, like, for us, like, ethnic minority, black Asian folk, we're not allowed to call like someone like Mrs. or Mr. We have to say auntie, uncle. We're not allowed. We're not. We're not allowed any of that. Like, hello, sir. Hello, Mr. It's like, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. And I, and I literally said in my head, I bet she's gonna call him up now. She did. So yeah, don't call me Miss Kuma. Better call me auntie. And it's basically they ask, like, finally ask, what's you know what they wanted, and they said what size you want, small or extra small or something like that. And then as soon as they leave, they're like literally straight on the phone to like gossip around the community. So um, uh, in the pub, the rubber dub pub, man gets thrown out. It's all kind of Cockney slang. Man's drinking at the table. All people kind of acting hard. You got Pauline doing the Pauline impression. He's like, oh, I don't think my cardigan fits. And Oh, yeah, yeah. See, I didn't realise it until you said it. I didn't realise it was like a... You better be Pauline Fowler. I loved a bit of Pauline and Arthur. Do you Arthur not think it was an EastEnders poof? EastEnders you know, parody? I, I, I knew that it was like set in the East End, but I didn't, re- I didn't kind of put two and two together. Did you really. not get the music as well? Did you, not, did you not get the subtle EastEnders hint? I literally did not until you pointed it out after. What? And you not see Pauline Fowler with her with the thing and Sharon and Grant? They were saying Sharon and Grant. I didn't, didn't twig. I mean, I watch this at work and at my desk at work, I'm in a very busy area. So, and I've only got headphones that go over one ear. So that's my excuse. And I'm sticking to that excuse. Um, I mean, I mean, and it's not the best excuse, particularly when they're calling each other Sharon and Grant. See, that's the thing in my notes. I haven't written down any names for like basically any of it apart from. And Pauline. Pauline, you could have at least have got Pauline Fowler though. I mean, I think I'm surprised I didn't now because this was this was like when I was watching EastEnders as like part of my like upbringing. You know, we didn't get away not watching it anyway. So, man's drinking a table and he says Eskimos have a, over thirty words for snow. Uh, Billy wants Billy wants boxer Colin McKillen to come over like he knew him. Oh yeah, Pauline has lots of complaints. Never mind, she has some tea. Billy yeah, is that? He's like, oh. Would you like a, a cup of tea? <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Billy, this actually made me laugh because he, <laughs> when uh, Colin comes over and he's like, do you mind? I'm a bit, bit, bit busy or whatever he says. And he basically says like, he acts bigger than this guy anyway. And he ends up getting thrown out. Then there's a soul performance, Ruby Turner and Junior Love, Love is After All. So a fine restaurant, a guy's pretending to, he's come to the restaurant all the time, but he's too expensive. Lady Orr's expensive stuff on the menu. He thinks I'm going to, he thinks I'm going, I'm asking because come to mine after and stuff like that. Then maybe I misunderstood this bit, but I think she can hear him think and then she takes him home. So man left for Babylon skit. This was like, it took me a little while to understand what was going on here, but I was quite, I was laughing quite a lot in this one. So so basically all the reasons he left Babylon, right? And and it's cold and it's he said it's cold. And a lady would say, when it's hot in the UK, they'd say to this guy, Look, it's hot, look, just like it is in your country, look. <laughs> and then he said this that she made me laugh out loud, where he said, um, look, in, in Babylon in the winter, even the dogs have got clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> the dogs are going around in the jumper and there was actually a reason I left was because there's a crime wave they always blame the young black man he didn't have nothing to do do with it and persecute him anyway and then he said like in just in Germany in 1936 so they was it 1936 or 1934 yes 1936 Berlin Olympic Games yeah when they, they made a special wave for Jesse Owens and they're like putting his hand up <laughs> and then he says he goes anyway what happened that stuff happened in Germany um, in 1936 it took them five years to sort it out and he says, with well, the black people, it took them for over 400 years. He said, what were they working on? British Rail time. And then he says, he wants to go to Africa, but the only thing that's stopping him is he can't get a cricket on the telly. And then it was Misery's West Indian restaurant. The guy comes in to order, and then he sits down, and he says, like, you should come and order from the counter. Don't be so rude. They shout at him when he gets to the counter. And then he drops the food when he gets to the table, and he gives him a mop. So at a house, Dad left them... Um, Two people can't live together sometimes. He left because his wife was rubbish at cricket. And then his son leaves because he's rubbish at cricket. Now, the Irish musical end to it, explain this to me. I missed something. It's kind of like Caribbean music and Irish music mixed together, but I didn't understand. Oh, it's because I think they were saying that there was like similarities. They're like Irish, they say Egypt. And obviously in Caribbean, it's like, you're idiot. You're my fit, me for idiot. And obviously Egypt was Irish. I think they were talking about the kind of similarities. So I really liked the end music interlude bit, but I didn't understand it, but I liked it nonetheless. Anyway, this show was genius again. Yeah, I did like how the the, 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 the guy with his dad and making all the cricket references, he goes, oh, she was short off the stump. And then he makes a cricket reference as to why his mom is well off without the dad. I, yeah, I did like that. Right, I went on to watch the half episode that I could find. There's a yeah. There's there's a little funny clip about a man being stuck in a fax machine, and oh yeah, there's a man at a job center, and all he keeps doing is like word association. So he's all like, oh, um, so he says that he used to work in a freezer. I was chilling, and then he'd be like, so then I think he was uh, he was a I don't know a footballer. Yeah, I was kicking. So he just kept doing his whole word association and they're like, oh, I'll tell you what you can be. You could be the Chancellor of the Exchequer because you talk too much. Then there was the rubber dub and Grant is like getting all touchy and anxious because he hasn't like attacked anyone yet. So, and obviously Sharon's like, I'm really proud of you because you haven't beaten anybody up yet. And then obviously he's like, I don't know what to do. And then he just smashes a bottle over his head. 
He's like, oh, the night's the night's still young, Sharon. The night's still young. And then Mr. Desmond is coming to the pub. So yeah, this is Desmond from the Desmond Show. Woo! <laughs> He's walking into the pub. Pauline's having a, a moan about something or another. Sharon gives her a cup of tea. Cuthbert's wife is angry at him for being irresponsible and going to the bookies. And so Mr. Desmond steps in and he's flirting with her. But obviously Cuthbert's like, what are you doing? What are you playing at? That's my woman. And I think it might have been like a akin to a similar episode of the Desmonds where, where I think uh, Desmond is not treating his wife well or, or, or something along those lines. And you got someone called Douglas who was talking about racism and diversity in Britain. He's very uppity, so he's like, "Oh yes, I'm, I'm, I'm I, I was, I was stopped by, uh, by the police." And uh, yes, they did keep me for three days, but then eventually they, they, they did release me because they thought there was there was nothing wrong with me. And he's talking in a very, very posh voice. And what else? There's like a inner city brochures ad, so it's like, oh. Do you want to go where you're outside all the time? So it's just showing basically homeless people where the kids are never at home. They're just joyriding and they're using all of these athletic tools like javelins or whatever. And they're like using it to like hit each other. Go, oh, welcome to the inner city. And then there was a Summer Nights parody. So this is from Greece. Is it Summer Nights or Summer Loving? So, summer nights, I think. Summer loving and summer nights, are, I think, are a different song, aren't they? I'll have a look, but yeah, but obviously it's it's that song where it's like summer loving had me a blast, and then obviously they're doing a a parody of it, and instead of saying tell me more, tell me more, they're going womp next, womp next, and instead of going aha, aha, they're going big it up, big it up, big it up, big it up. I actually kind of liked that. I thought it was uh, it was funny. And then there's the start of slavery. And so there's a white man who comes to like Africa. He puts up, a, he puts a sign up and they're saying, oh, you are cordially invited to a voyage of a lifetime where you will get lifetime employment and secure accommodation for the rest of your lives. And you get full-time employment and you get to do all of this incredible work and you get to build a country. And so it kind of cut off from uh, from that point on. And so, yeah, that was all the episodes that I could find of the Royal McCoy. Boo to the BBC for, for, for taking it down for no reason. That is a shame. It's a show that I could watch anyway, right? Like just, you yeah. know, as in, like, not just for yesterday's capers or anything like that, but just to watch as a new show that we found. Yeah, yeah. I would tell you to go out of your way to watch it, but I wouldn't even know where to begin to tell you to wait, that you're going to find it. So, uh yeah, maybe maybe go on YouTube and watch some clips. Last but not least, Chappelle's show. So this came out in January 2003. And some of the things happening in the world. Kobe Bryant broke the NBA record for most three-point field goals in a single game. I believe it's not there anymore. I think Steph might have it now or Clay Thompson, one of those guys might have it. John Johansson was acquitted of all charges in the Norwegian DCSS trial in an important test case for copyright law. Fast food restaurant chain McDonald's reports a quarterly loss for the first ever time, and the loss amounted to 344 million US dollars, 
that shares in the company fell around 3% on the news. Just Married was in the cinemas. And 03 Bonnie and Clyde by Jay-Z and Beyonce was in the charts. Chappelle's Show. So this was an American sketch comedy TV series created by comedians Dave Chappelle and Neil Brennan, with Chappelle hosting the show and starring in the majority of his sketches. And they were the show's exec producers. The show only ran for two complete seasons. And the show opens with Chappelle being introduced over the instrumental from the song Hip Hop by Dead Prez. Oh, what a tune. Chappelle performs a short stand-up in front of a live audience. The focus then shifts to pre-recorded sketches. And the show is notorious for its handling of the topic of Chappelle's casual usage of racial epithets. Chappelle performs sketches that premiered intricate cultural topics such as prostitution, the entertainment industry, gun violence, numerous drug references, particularly marijuana, alcohol, PCP, crystal meth, and crack cocaine and music. The show sometimes ends with a musical performance by a hip-hop or soul artist. Many stars have appeared on the show, including Half-Baked co-stars Guillermo Diaz, Jim Brewer, and Snoop Dogg, RZA, Jizza, and Method Man of the Wu-Tang Clan, Rick James, Damon Dash, Redman, Ice-T, Arsenio Hall, Wayne Brady, Moss Def, Eddie Griffin, Susan Sarandon, Q-Tip, Rashida Jones, Jamie Foxx, Carson Daly, Ron Jeremy, Bill Burr, Spike Lee, Michael Rappaport, and Joe Rogan. During the 2004 stand-up performance in Sacramento, California, Chappelle left the stage due to an audience member interrupting the show by shouting, I'm Rick James, bitch, which became a catchphrase from the popular Rich, Rick James sketch. And after a few minutes, Chappelle returned and continued by saying, the show is ruining my life. He stated that he disliked working 20 hours a day and that the popularity of the show was making it difficult for him to continue his stand-up career, which was the most important thing to him. And he also told the audience, you know why my show is good? Because the network officials say, you're not smart enough to get what I'm doing. And every day I fight for you. I tell them how smart you are. Turns out I was wrong. You people are stupid. Oh dear. He's right though. Why are you going to go to his show and be like, I'm Rick James, bitch? Like, no. Rather than acting out sketches in front of a large audience, the sketches were pre-recorded with the audience reaction used in lieu of a laugh track. So, yeah, some of the uh, sketches or some of the, like, uh, uh, skits. So you got a moment in the life of Lil John. So Dave Chappelle will play the rapper and producer Lil John doing normal everyday tasks with vocabulary consisting of almost nothing but the words yeah what okay that's how Lil John he has those ad-libs in his uh, songs and the real Lil John appeared in one sketch opposite Chappelle's character with Lil John speaking in an excessively dignified accent Charlie Murphy's true Hollywood stories so Charlie Murphy will retell his encounters with 1980 celebrities the most popular being the Rick James story and the sketch features Murphy as himself and Chappelle as James, including incidents such as James slapping Murphy and referring to him as darkness, interspersed with cuts from an interview with the actual present day Rick James trying to cover up for his past behavior by saying cocaine is a hell of a drug. Frontline, 
So it's a spoof of the PBS series. It was hosted by Kent Wallace. And it's the frontline sketch Blind Supremacy. And it features the life of Clayton Bigsby. I'll talk about that later. It's actually so funny. Racial Drafts. So this was a parody of modern day pro sports drafts. And you got Whack Arnold, where Chappelle gets a job as a young man at a fast food restaurant that portrays itself as providing community service by offering jobs to disenfranchised poor youth. Wayne Brady show after Dave Chappelle quits the show in an opening segment that coincidentally mirrors the contract negotiations for the third season of the show. Wayne Brady takes over as host and is asked to emcee the remaining episodes of the series. And regretting the decision to leave, Chappelle returns and tries to get his show back. When keeping it real goes wrong. So a documentary style sketch and it serves as a cautionary tale about when not to keep it real, which basically means to keep it honest. Play a hater's ball which was guest starring Ice-T and a sketch featured Chappelle and several other regular members attending a convention of haters, i.e. people who make hurtful and depreciating comments towards each other's. The characters, so there was Tron Carter, who is a cocaine dealer shown in the sketch where he has received reparations for slavery. Negro Damas, who's a black prophet and fortune teller. Tyrone Biggums, a squeaky voice crack addict recognized by his white blistered lips and scratching. Silky Johnson, notorious player hater, he won the fictitious Hater of the Year award. Chuck Taylor, who's the white anchor. Leonard Washington, who was in Trading Spouses. Ash Larry, shirtless black man with flaky white skin and chapped lips. And the robot dancing man who is generally not acknowledged despite the out of place behavior, nor does he acknowledge anyone. Chappelle's show. This show was was a bit was was closer to the mark than I think the rest of them and how it was very much like this is what really happens but we're going to make a funny sketch of it not that the others weren't but this one was like way more close to the mark I think keeping it real as a result some of them <laughs> some of the sketches are a little more uncomfortable to watch as a 30 year old white guy but again this was like a really good and really funny TV show. I enjoyed this one. I mean, I like Dave Chappelle anyway. I think he's really great. Yeah, I mean, anything that Dave Chappelle does tends to be funny. Have you seen any of his like recent stuff? I did, yeah. I've seen a couple of his, because there's a few stand-up bits on Netflix, right? Yeah, he did a he did like an eight-minute... The George Floyd one. Yeah, that was really, really good. And I think he did another one as well. I've seen a couple of bits of pieces that he's done on Netflix very recently. I know he did. Yeah, the, the George Floyd one was 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 really really good. The thing, what I didn't understand about it, well, I did understand it, but I mean, what I found found fascinating was the George Floyd one. Was he could be really funny in one sentence and cutting to the points like like sobering stuff in the next, and yeah. he would and he could go between the two. And this, honestly, if if, if Everyone should go out and watch this because it's absolute genius how he switches these two things and balances it so well. Because obviously you can't like you can't be laughing at something so serious, but and he, but he's saying things that are funny at the same time. And anyway, yeah, great. I don't know. I went off on a tangent, but no, no, no. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's that's, that's the the wonder of, uh, of 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 Dave Chappelle. And and for the longest time, I never knew he was in the Nighty Professor. Yes, I was going to say Reese Reggie in the, in the Nutty Professor. <laughs> I'm not. In fact, I think you might have told me that once upon a time. 
because I, I think I saw it somewhere. Someone told me, and then yeah, then I watched it back. I watched it quite recently, actually, the Night Professor, which is actually probably more funny than I thought it was. But anyway, yes, back to back back to uh, back to Chappelle's show. Yeah, I mean, like I said, everything he does touches to gold, and I think he was one. Of the, it was one of those things where he wanted to do the show his own way, but he wasn't gonna like be told by some network execs what to do and how to do it. Obviously, he has his own like way of like seeing Hollywood and seeing the world. He doesn't like how some of it's been done, and but, uh, and also that you know those people aren't going to want it to be broadcast either, right? But you know, that, that's one thing again with like to Netflix credit, like all the stuff that you know wouldn't have been possible before with the with the um, kind of agendas of Hollywood. Netflix are there and will do their own thing, man. Yeah, they obviously he's come to an arrangement with Netflix to kind of like do this and I'm sure that I'm sure there might be another comedy special in the offing. I think I think my favorite Chappelle Joe has to be yeah, the 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 three times he met OJ Simpson. Oh, I don't know this. So he's like it's like when he's he's doing like a comedy show and he's like, "Oh, the first time I met OJ." And then he talks about the time he met OJ the first time. No, 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 no. And then he does the rest of the show going on normal and you don't, you don't see it coming the second time i met oj and you're like oh okay so he's like oh this is when i met him blah 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 he goes off again the third time i met oj and i think there was a fourth right at the end where i think this is when he kind of kept come, come out of jail and so on and and, and 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 so forth but yeah it was it was a very very interesting uh story about him meeting uh the juice right episodes Right, so uh, the first skit was popular coffee, cop, copy, um, and this is like a training video on how to not give a crap about the customers. Going into work late and saying like the excuses you should give to your manager. Dealing with computers, um, if people if people ask for Apple, say you got PC, and if people say PC, you got Apple, and if they say both, say Linux. And if if, they, if you got if you got that, then say the systems down. Uh, the management. Um, say that you're the man. If people ask to see the manager, say that you're the manager. And then there was a bit about um, how hip hop was objectifying women, and he says no, like, and this is, I guess, true, right? It's just like we were objectifying women long before hip hop came out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. So again, it's one of these things where it's like it's true, but I'm gonna make a joke out of it, you know? And they did a Nat King Cole champagne thing with weird thing and then they did this home sonographer which i'm pretty sure that most women have anyway is it sonographer sonographer yeah sonographer yeah and then and the, the best bit about was when they had the travel version and then that guy on the man's back just like typing away clayton bigsby this was so brilliant this was a uh like a uh like a kind of a documentary right about a black man who was in the kkk because he was blind and in the blind institution he was the only black man and it's easier to tell him and other people that he was white than it was to just tell the truth and then he ends up like joining the kkk and being like their best speaker and when he goes to the meetings he just wears a hood and the gloves and stuff and then they say oh why don't you just tell him and he goes well, he's way too important to the movement <laughs> to uh, to tell him now and then he goes to a rally and then they want to see his face and he takes off the hood and one of the guys like heads explodes because he can't understand this <laughs> because he, he obviously un he believes anything. And then the best bit was like he divorces his wife after accepting the fact that he is black after the, the, the incident because she's an N-word lover. He was, he was basically Uncle Ruckus from the Boondocks. 
See, he's the guy that I was talking about a couple of weeks ago, and I was thinking about the song where he was trying to he was singing in the in the, uh, oh, garden. the garden. Don't trust them new niggers over there. Leave the new new niggers over there. It's Uncle Ruckus, no relation. That made me laugh so much. We go, oh, he 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 he's accepting that he's black, and he's divorcing his wife here for being a. Uh, n-word lover and i just thought that was so funny oh my god that that made me laugh yeah anyway that's the first episode oh you're shouting at white kids are playing hip-hop get out there you jigaboos you know play your music or whatever and right okay so the next episode i watched was the series one finale so it starts off with a, a skit called and ones so basically it's like it's just a way of like taking the mick out of um your opponent when you're playing sports so in basketball, you're like just basically doing all these trick shots. You're like hitting the ball of someone's head and then slam dunking them. Then you got like baseball where you're like basically like strolling to uh, the, 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 the bases. So you're just like strolling, doing like backflips using the baseball bats. Even like in tennis as well, like you're just doing like all these trick shots. And even in bowling, it's so he's so funny because it's like in bowling, he does the strikes or whatever. So he's like going on a skateboard and he's like sliding down hitting the strike and then he's like oh and then everyone's going defense defense so he's basically stopping the other guy from bowling and so he's, like, he's like going against that you're not he's like oh yeah he says standing and goes oh oh yes tremendous defensive bowling and then on the end going defense defense then you got this choir and they're basically singing the diarrhea song so you can imagine how that one went then there was uh trading spouses so it's just basically like wife swap. So it's like an interracial couple for the first time. So you got the white guy who's all like prim and proper, and you got the black guy who's all like gangster or whatever. The little white boy likes hip hop, and he's like, "Yo, man, I'm from the streets." And so like the black dad, Leonard, goes, "Okay, then come with me." And then the little boy goes, "Oh, G unit," and he's like, "Oh, get the hell out of here, boy!" And so he takes him. He just takes him to the hood. He goes, "Oh, you're from the streets, are you?" There you go then. And he goes, oh, if you if you, if you find yourself in trouble, go sling some dope. And he just basically leaves him there in the streets. And they end up going to therapy. And obviously the black guy's like, I hate being in therapy. If you tell anybody, I'll kill you. And obviously he's like, this is this is a uh, confidential. And he goes, oh, if it's confidential, then I then I will say in confidence that I'm crazy and I'm gonna kill you anyway. And then I went on to season two, episode three. So they're doing like this whole thing about how white people can't dance. And John Mayer, the singer. That's true, by the way. And for actually, the most part. I know, I know, I know. For the, yeah. most, for the most part. There's a few exceptions that prove the rule, but for I the know, most I know, part. Yeah, so I know a few white people that can get down. And so they're using John Mayer, who's a singer. I know him. I liked some of his music. Yeah, so and, he, and John Mayer is using the electric guitar theory. And so basically, it's like if you play the electric guitar, white people will start dancing. Always. There's something about the electric guitar. And so they go to a corporate boardroom and a fancy Manhattan restaurant and they're basically playing the electric guitar and all the white people are just basically like dancing or whatever. Then they go to a barbershop in Harlem and they're playing the electric guitar and they're like, oh, turn that noise down. And so Questlove from The Roots comes and he's playing the drums and all, all of a sudden you see black people just dancing like one of them's like, you know, doing rapping and spitting bars. And then they go, oh, how do you get Latinos involved? You got to get the piano. So all of a sudden it's like, dun, 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 and then you got all the Latinos dancing. 
and then what and then there's a little thing about itis or it's known as niggeritis and it's basically black people who eat and then they go to sleep and then someone's having like uh sleeping problems and they're like oh what's the solution so they're just basically making like some ribs and so it's just like you eat the ribs you get full and then you go to sleep so and then that's basically the itis that's kicking in and then it's like uh the three daves scenarios so it's like dave Chappelle when he's uh 18 24 and 30. so the first scenario is problems in relationship so 18 year old dave is emotional and immature 24 year old dave deals with relationship problems by going to a strip club 30 year old dave is trying to talk to his wife but she's not interested then there's being pulled over by the police 18 year old dave is like trying to ask for help 24 year old is trying to fight back the 30 year old is like basically yeah, attacking the police officer then there's like oh how to like deal with like losing work or whatever so 18 year old dave Chappelle is angry that the wyans have taken all of his work then at 24 he's angry at losing to chris tucker then at age 30 he's angry at losing to nick cannon then the finale was it started off with cyrus holloway and he's talking about being the first black person to poop in a white toilet and because the black toilet was too far away so he uses the white toilet and obviously they're like it's one of the most significant dumps in history then you had the little john parody so you got little john on the phone going hello this is jonathan speaking and then you got dave Schwell going what okay yeah and doing all of that and there's like oh so and he's like, oh, basically, I'm getting married. What? I'm getting married. <laughs> what? Doing the whole Lil John gimmick. Then there was black George Bush. And obviously he was saying that, oh, if the president was black instead of white, then there would be a, a hard time trying to justify going to war. So basically, it's black George Bush, and he's trying to justify going to war with Iraq, and they always keep asking him these questions. Then you got, like, black Tony Blair, played by Jamie Foxx. And obviously he's like, oh, you see in Iraq, they got this aluminum tube. Aluminum! Y'all know what aluminum can do? And then he's like, oh, they've got this thing called yellow cake. And you've got um, Yassine Bey, or aka Mosdef. And he's the head of the CIA, and he's bringing back this yellow like piece of cake or whatever. And obviously they're denying it's about oil. Because he's like, oh, it's definitely not about oil. And like how he's having the cabinet meeting and he basically runs away from the cabinet meeting where he's like, it's about oil. He's like, uh, no, it's not. And then he evades Iraq and he's winning and he gives the victory speak. Then there's a civil unrest in Iraq, but black George Bush is trying to distract. So he's like, oh, look at all the things that's happening in this country. We have to try and stop them first. Don't worry about what's happening in Iraq. And he's saying, oh, we need to go to Mars. We need to invade the planet Mars and forget about Iraq. And yeah, that's how that show came to an end. Right, time to rank these shows. I think this one was actually quite difficult because all shows this week were really, really good. I just did it how I found them, really. So I think the first place was Real McCoy because that was a show that I feel like I could watch again, 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 again. Then... Dave Chappelle and then probably Living in Colour. But they were very close. Like it was, it was a real probably one of the hardest weeks I've in had. In Living Colour. That's what I said. You said what did I say? Living in Colour. 
because I've written it down, Living in Colour. Uh, in Living Colour, that's the second, uh, that was my third one, but yeah, Dave Chappelle. I'm going to say in third place, In Living Colour. Second place, Chappelle's show. Yeah, I'm going to go with Real McCoy's number one because it's yeah, we've uh, got the sameness. British. It's British, and yeah, this show definitely deserves its flowers. The actors deserve their flowers. Eddie Nesta deserves his flowers, even though he didn't say my name right. But uh, we call, <laughs> we call, shout out to Eddie Nesta, and uh, maybe I should try and reach out to him and see if he would uh, love to appear on this uh, podcast. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was this show, and yeah, there's plenty more that came from for Black History Month. So on that bombshell, bring it to an end. Yesterday's Capers is available wherever you get your podcast from. We're on the socials. We're on all of the podcast platforms available every Friday or Saturday. So turn on your notifications so that you can get new episodes all the time. You can find us on the socials at Instagram. It's Yesterday's Capers 1. On Twitter, it's Yesterday Capers. On uh, YouTube, it's YouTube.com forward slash Yesterday's Capers. Facebook.com forward slash Yesterday's Capers. You can find me on the socials. On Instagram, it's Abdullah underscore Molim. On Twitter, it's Abdullah Molim, all one word. Give me a holler, give me a shout, and join us next time for another episode of Yesterday's Capers. <laughs>